0: This year, you want to study the Bible, but you don't want to read it. So how can you study if you don't want to read it? I'll give you some clues today on the Parker J. Cole Show. Welcome to the Parker J. Cole Show. I am your host, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. We are near the end of the first month of the year. Can you believe it? The Lord has done wonderful things, has brought us all the way here. But I'm pretty sure some of you made a resolution. I keep telling you not to. And you made a resolution. I'm going to study the Bible more. I'm going to read the Bible more. You lasted two days. But you want to really succeed in this area. So how can you do that when you may fall asleep? If you start reading the Bible, my mom always said, if you have insomnia, start reading the Bible and you'll fall asleep, right? And so you really want to get better at this thing called being a studier of God's word, but you need help. I'm going to showcase that today with my good friend, Myra, who's coming on board in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, cover your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to bring on board my guest co-host and contributor today, Myra Khan-Adams. Myra, how you doing today? Fine. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: I am so glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. We had set this appointment months ago, and then it finally came upon us. We're like, oh, that's this week. (laughs) So, I'm looking forward to it. And it's really interesting about your personal testimony into this thing called faith. I definitely want you to share that with our listeners, but before I do that, I want them to get understanding of the question I posed to them at the beginning of the broadcast. You don't want to read a Bible, so how can you study it? So what do you do?
1: Well, I'm so glad I can answer that question. I have two books. Uh, The first one is Bible Study for those that don't read the Bible, and the second book is Bible Study for those that don't read the Bible, part two. So, I never knew there was going to be a part two when I wrote the first one. So uh, that's why the first one is not called part one. But what's more important is every Sunday on TownHall.com, which is a political news site owned by Salem Media, and I have a Bible study. It's starting its fourth year this uh, beginning of February, and every Sunday I have a Bible study, and it's called a quick Bible study. And as I said, Town Hall is a political news site. So why do I have a Bible study on a political news site? Because the hand of God really intervened and made that happen. That's really the only answer I could give. But what makes my Bible study interesting to people who are there to get news is my study is assuming that nobody knows anything about the Bible. So I really... I kind of just start from scratch when I explain a story or a topic or a verse or a character. I don't do anything in order. So the book is a compilation of all my Bible studies. But from one chapter to the next chapter, and in the book they're called volumes. The first book is volume one through 56. And what that is, is my first 56 Bible studies that appeared on Town Hall. The second book is volume number 5713. And so those were the 57 to 113 weekly Bible studies that appeared on Town Hall. Just to give you an idea, this Sunday will be volume number 150. And it's uh, the title of it is The Ten Commandments Are Not the Ten Suggestions.
0: But we wish that they were. I remember being a kid and finding a comic strip that says the new and improved commandments with eight new easy-to-do commandments. <laughs> so they took out two of them. I can't remember which was. It was pretty funny. But you bring something to mind that I would love to get your thoughts on. You said it's for people who don't read the Bible. And biblical illiteracy is pretty high in the West this time of this season of the church. What
1: do you think contributes to that biblical illiteracy? Well, I think uh, there's really two reasons. One is the Bible is extremely intimidating. So if you've never grown up with the Bible, if you don't know anything about the Bible, if you're not a person of faith, you don't go to church, then the Bible is something you say, oh, you know, it's not for me. It doesn't relate to my life. And therefore, you know, why should I bother picking it up? And if I ever wanted to pick it up, where would I even begin? Because you just, it's a big book with all sorts of names you can't pronounce and all sorts of horrible things that go on. There's a lot of good things, but there's also a lot of, you know, kind of, violent things that go on in there. And it's such, it's a book that if you're not familiar with it at all, you just, you don't want anything to do with it because you just don't even want to go there because it's just something that you don't understand and why bother?
0: I think you bring something to mind because the Bible can be intimidating. And there are some people who take issue with some of the violent aspects of the Bible. I'm not one of them. The Old Testament is my favorite part of the Bible. Not that I don't love the whole Bible, of course, but I love the Old Testament in my devotions right now. We're back in the Book of Genesis, and I just finished reading about Joseph and his brothers, and love everything about it. And so, when this idea came to you to help people who don't read the Bible learn about the Bible, was it a call from your heart? Was the Holy Spirit stirring this inside of you? What was the genesis of this idea?
1: (laughs) It's a hard question to answer. It just kind of came about because one of the executives at Salem Media suggested that I write a faith piece because I had written a piece in Easter of 2019 about the Shroud of Turin, which I also have a ministry about. So I'd written a faith piece about the Shroud of Turin, and it was really popular. And uh, he said to me, hey, you should write a faith piece on Sundays. So I said, okay. And so I just started writing a Bible study, and, and it was called uh, Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible. And it kind of took off. I was allowed to do it. Town Hall allowed me to do it every Sunday. So it actually started in February of 2020 is when I started writing this weekly Bible study. And the reason it's continued is because readers like it and they learn from it. And they, I find what's really interesting is I have a lot of readers because they leave comments and some of them are really well-versed in the Bible. And I'm really not a Bible scholar by any means. So how the Lord chose me, to write this Bible study is, I think I have an idea, which I'll tell you in a minute. But the main thing is that people who actually do read the Bible a lot, and are real scholars in it, write and tell me how much they are moved by it. Uh, Because I explain things in a very simple way. And I try not to assume any knowledge on the part of the reader. So it's like zero-based. You can pick up my book, or you can... You know, go to town hall on Sunday and see the, the latest Bible study. But you can pick up the book. You can go to any of the chapters. You can go to the volumes, they call them, any of the volumes. Just pick it up anywhere. And you can just start reading it. And you can close it and then pick it up again and go to another part and start again. Because they're all on totally different topics. I jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I mean, they're not connected at all. And what happens is I get a calling to write about a certain topic. And sometimes I mention it in the Bible studies, I say, I got a ding, ding, or I got a call to, that I felt on my heart to write about this particular topic. And the Lord just leads me, what he wants me to write about. And I think that's a blessing. And as you know, as a person of faith, I'm sure you get those callings too. And people that have faith, we don't have to explain it to each other. We understand what it's like when the Lord puts something on your heart that you have to write about, or you have to preach about, or you have to just you know, talk about somehow. We know what that is. And the people that don't have faith say, oh, you know, what are you talking about? You're crazy. How, you know, how do you know it's really the Lord speaking to you? But those of us that have faith. We can discern when he's talking to us. And then ultimately what happens is we do write about it or talk about it or preach about it in your case. And, you know, there was a reason for it. We find out what that reason was. It touched somebody in a certain way. Or even weeks later, somebody will get back to you and say, oh, you know what you said, you know, a couple of weeks ago? Well, you know, that really touched me. You know what happened as a result, blah, blah, blah. You really always find out there was a reason why the Lord put that on your heart. And I find that writers, readers send me Gmails, you know, personal Gmails, because they don't want to put it on the comments. But they tell me personal things that my Bible study touched them some way. And it's like, wow, you know, I felt called to write that. And maybe you were the reason why. So we just have to go with what the Lord, you know, puts on our hearts. And I was just very privileged that I was able to start this Bible study. Again, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I do come from a different perspective. And that is I was born Jewish and the Lord called me. And when I was 20 years old and I had no faith at all, I had no religion except for, you know, being Jewish in the sense of cultural Jewish, but there was not a Bible in my home. I didn't know anything about the Bible, but the Lord called me in a way that I described it to people as like, I had a ring through my nose and I just could never even say, no, I don't think, think about this. No, it was just like, both of the nose there, you're with me, and it took a long, long time for me to really start learning the Bible and reading the Bible. I would say that I had faith before I had knowledge. And that is really true. I just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew He was a Jewish Messiah, but I knew nothing about the Bible or anything about Jesus. But over many years, I started educating myself, and ultimately, you know here, one day I ended up writing a Bible study on town hall. <laughs> where there are a lot of, you know, very educated people that really know the Bible well, but for some reason I've been able to fool them, and uh, they they like my Bible study. So we all learn from each other. I always say it's an interactive Bible study because a lot of them, they write comments, and it really is a back and forth. It's interesting because a lot of the readers are back and forth from each other, and they bring up a lot of good topics. or something that I didn't have room to write about because it's only a thousand words, and that's why these Bible studies are, are actually, you know, kind of fun to read because they're only a thousand words. And I have to get a lot in those thousand words. And I try to make them chatty and entertaining and interesting and not intimidating. But just assume that people don't know anything about the Bible. But I always try to tie it back to Jesus Christ. I always try to tie it back to how the New Testament fulfills the Old Testament. And those are two main guiding lights that I try to always keep in mind. Jesus is the star and the Old Testament. The New Testament fulfills the Old Testament.
0: I was thinking, as you were talking, how you said in the comments section there's back and forth an interaction with people. I think that's really important when it comes to Bible study is that some things may be more difficult to understand than others. We may not understand the cultural aspects of what was happening during that time period. Is it metaphorical, Is it literal? Is it some other literary device that's being used in the word of God? And it's always interesting to have these conversations. And I think the reason why is because we don't want to be led astray by some random thought (laughs) that has no biblically sound um, motion for it. And I will think about that verse, study to show thyself approved, a workman unto God, and need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, I said, you want to study the Bible, you want to do it, but you don't read it. But the Lord is calling you to study this word so you won't be led astray by just anything that's out there. And we always use a euphemism, don't trick the Kool-Aid, referring to Jim Jones. And there's a reason for that because there's so many different ideas going out there. You're being led astray here and there and everywhere. And you want to be grounded in God's word in reality and to the best of your ability, the right way of thinking about his word in different contexts. And I know what that means as far as like making sure that you're not just going off the deep end. <laughs> so, And I like the fact that you say you do in a thousand words so people can follow you on town Hall. I'm sure.
1: Well, it's on Sundays. Town Hall has an opinion section. They have a column on the left-hand side, um, and you'll you'll see my column there next to all the different news op-eds. I said this is a news site. This is, Town Hall is a political news site. So you have all, this and then you have me.
0: people are understanding there are some things in life that cannot be answered through legislation. It cannot be answered through political parties. It cannot be answered through making sure that some aspect of law is changed, overturned, initiated, taken away. It's through changing the heart of man to follow God's will. That is what change is going to come from. And so it's interesting that on the political side, that would happen. So I don't believe in coincidence. I think the Lord orchestrates everything. So <laughs> there is that. Oh, absolutely. Myra, now I want to give our listeners a view of your Bible study. So we claim that you can study the Bible for people who didn't read the Bible. So I want to show them how easy it is to use this book. And this book is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. So make sure you go ahead, Love on My Sister, and get a copy of the book today. Now, I want to talk about prayer because you touched on it in part two. And you talk about prayer in the Hebrew Bible, which we call the Old Testament. And you talk about prayer in the New Testament. And I found that really interesting because there would be certain differences about the prayer. So I want you to touch on that. So first of all, let's go to volume 75. And for our listeners out there. This was posted August 22nd of 2021, and I know some of you can remember, August 22nd, 2021 was after the lockdowns of 2020, and we all needed prayer. <laughs> so let's go ahead, just touch on some of the things that came out to you regarding prayer in the Hebrew Bible.
1: Well, one thing I could say just in general is prayer in both Testaments has comforted people since the beginning of time and that really is what prayer is about you're supposed to talk to god but you're to be comforted with hope and prayer can take a lot of different forms it could be begging it could be crying it could be cajoling it can be praising you know prayer isn't just when you're in a jam and you say oh lord please help me prayer can be praise and oftentimes we always say prayer is just you know you're asking for something but you can always just use it to thank the lord and pray and just talk to him, and prayer really is talking to the Lord and one of the most interesting things that you find in the Hebrew Bible, and I say the Hebrew Bible because I have a lot of Jewish readers also, and a lot of Jewish readers don 't like to even read the Bible, so I like to call the Old Testament the Hebrew Bible because it really impact them and understand that this was the first Bible when Jesus walked the earth, the only Bible there was was the Hebrew Bible. in fact, I always joke, you know. Don't ever answer the question, what was Jesus' favorite verse in the New Testament? That is a trick question. You do never, ever want to answer that question. So it's important to understand that when the, new, when the characters in the New Testament were around, there was no New Testament. It was only the Old Testament. So prayer and is always an important aspect of the Bible. But the most famous chapter, and this is also the most read chapter, is the book of Psalms. And that's where you find almost every single psalm, which is praise, which is song, is a prayer. And those prayers are sometimes they're hard to read because some of them are just so just almost cringeworthy. Because you know that the writer, oftentimes it was King David that was writing it even before he became king. He went through a difficult time. So he's asking the Lord for help or he's praising the Lord because he got help. But if you've never picked up the Bible before and you need to connect to the Lord in a very, very non-intimidating way, I recommend you go to the book of Psalms, and you can read it anywhere. And Psalms are so beautifully written, poetry, just the way the words flow. And as I said, sometimes they're hard to read because you can feel the pain of the writer, or you can feel the joy of the writer. So Psalms is a great way to to start. And I mentioned that in my Bible study where I talk about the Hebrew Bible. But there's also other ones. You have Hannah, for instance. Hannah was the mother of Samuel, and she was barren, which in that time, if you were a woman that couldn't conceive, then you were really shunned. You you were a barren woman. Oh, you know, something's wrong with her. What, What did she do wrong? Why hasn't the Lord blessed her with children? It was a horrible situation in that time because the worth of women during that ancient time was to have children. And those that couldn't conceive for one reason or another, maybe sometimes it was their partner that couldn't conceive, but they're the ones that, that always got the blame. So Hannah is crying out. She's crying out to have a child. And her cry is in the chapter of Samuel, First Samuel. And she's crying out for the Lord, and she makes a vow. And she said that if she is able to conceive and have a child, she would dedicate that child, particularly a son. She wanted a son. She would dedicate that child to the Lord. So her prayer is very, very beautiful. And that prayer that Hannah made is actually of influence to Mary in the New Testament. So you have that influence going on. You have the Old Testament, which in the New Testament time. There was no New Testament, so the Old Testament was the only Bible that they knew. So so many of the characters that we know in the New Testament were influenced by the only Bible at the time, which was, of course, the Hebrew Bible.
0: I love that you said that, Myra. I was thinking about when you said if you wanted to start storing the Bible, the Psalms is wonderful. And I had to go to one of my favorite Psalms, which is Psalms 139. And it says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. Darkness and the light are both alike to thee. That's one of my favorite passages in the whole book of Psalms because I hate being alone. I love being around people and to know that I'm never alone. And I've talked about this to my listeners, so they're tired of hearing about it, but 2020 was really difficult for me. I was isolated. I was in four walls by myself, banging my head against the wall. And so this verse really spoke to me during that time. You also talked about how the cultural aspects of what's going on during the time when Hannah was praying, because if you could not have a child, what good were you? You're supposed to have a kid. You're the womb. That's all you are. You're the womb. Thanks be to God that Jesus elevated the position of women in the New Testament, but he never forgot about them. And Hannah's prayer and the Lord giving her a son is a sign that the Lord never forgot the women. He never put them on a the back burner, never did. Man may, but God never did. So I love that you brought that out. Let's switch a little bit and go to volume 76, which is prayer in the New Testament. Now, what's happening here in the New Testament? You referenced that there was no New Testament in the New Testament era. All we have is the Old Testament, which is the Hebrew
1: Bible. So what's going on here? Well, you have a man named Jesus. <laughs> That's the easy, quick answer. (laughs) And Jesus knows how to pray. And Jesus loves teaching his disciples how to pray. So the most famous prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, because it is the most famous prayer, is he was going to teach his disciples how to pray. And that is how the Lord's Prayer came about. So when you read the Lord's Prayer, you understand because it kind of covers the gamut. It glorifies God. It asks for forgiveness. It asks for blessings. It covers everything. In fact, I'll read it because it's so beautiful. And I'm sure many of your readers are, many of your listeners are familiar with it, but maybe some aren't. It's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Now there is a controversy here because it is said that later the final verse was added and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from thine from evil but thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. There's controversy about That, in fact, was added later. But the most important thing is that the Lord's Prayer, what began when Jesus said, how do you pray? This is how. I'm going to teach you. So that's why the Lord's Prayer is called the Lord's Prayer. And when you say it, there's been volumes of books. There's been been countless people that have written about all the meaning and how how they dissected the Lord's Prayer. It really does cover everything because it glorifies God. It asks for your needs. It thanks you ask for forgiveness. It it just runs the gamut of of everything that Jesus tells us, you know, what we need to do to to live in our life and to love one another and to love the Lord. So it's really a very compact little prayer that uh, it's the most famous prayer for that reason.
0: I remember pastors teaching that the Lord's prayer wasn't just to be prayed, but it was also a guide to help us pray. So we have our Father who art in heaven. So we're showing honor and reverence to him. Hallowed be thy name and in thy kingdom come. We want his will to come. Thy will be done on earth. So what happens here in your domain? Give us this day our daily bread. Now we provide for you. Now provide for our needs and things of that nature. So it gets really in depth and detail about the Lord's prayer. And it's a very familiar one. There are people who don't go to church who know the Lord's prayer because it's very pervasive, particularly in our society. And We hear those words, and no matter what, we're comforted by them. And like it says, the Lord's Prayer. And so just in these two volumes that are in this book, you've already learned a lot. And you may not have picked up the Word of God, but you just learned and studied about the Word. So imagine taking this book and the first book and using that in your own study. It's not structured, but it's structured for you. Because you want to study the Bible, you want to be better at this thing, or maybe you have never read the Bible, but you don't want to like get the Bible itself. You just want to kind of come against it, you know, come on alongside of it, <laughs> like you're pulling upside someone's in the car. This is the book for you. And for those of you, I want you to go ahead and love on my sister today and pick up your copy of Myra's book. Now, this is a compilation of the blog posts that she has done for the past going on four years with town hall. And so we want you to go ahead and pick up your copy of Bible study for those who don't read the Bible and then Bible study for those who don't read the Bible part two. So it's two books you can get they're available on amazon.com or wherever books are sold. And then every Sunday you can follow her every week for a new Bible study by going to Town Hall. Over to the left, there's the opinion section and you can follow her along for this week's Bible study. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, pick up your copy of Bible study for those who don't read the Bible by Myra Khan Adams. Now what's really interesting about Myra and Myra would love to speak you to speak to this before we go today. You came from being a cultural Jew to becoming a messianic jew and then you learned through various traditions you've been a part of you've been catholic you've been protestant and other things and the lord obviously chose you for that what has that singular thing taught you
1: i love that question And, and i'm going to answer it like this what it's taught me because the progression of my life was jewish but you know not religious and then messianic and then mainline protestant and then evangelical and now catholic But I'm all those things. And that's what makes my Bible study interesting, because I write from all those perspectives. All those perspectives have worth and value and a viewpoint, and they all get mixed together in my brain. And what it really comes down to is I'm a no-label lover of Jesus. I hate labels. I don't like, people say. oh, you're Catholic, or you're Protestant, or you're Methodist, or you're Baptist. Forget it. We have the Bible. The Bible was not written for any one of those religions. It was written for people who believed in God, people who believed in and the second you know, New Testament, people that believed in Jesus and people that followed Jesus. And they weren't worried about labels at the time. So it's like the Bible is the word of God. There are no labels in the Bible. Although there is, you know, the Catholic Bible sometimes is, I think. There's you know different kinds, different denominations who have different bibles, but it really that's unfortunate too. There is the Bible, and that is just universal and it's the Word of the Lord, it's Jesus Christ, he's our Savior we love him, we glorify him in our life, we love the Lord, we love God, we love the fact that he's everything together. The Lord is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, he's everything we can't even fathom who he is. And hopefully one of these days we'll, we'll get to meet him personally. But for the most part, that's really where I come from. I come from all those denominations and they all get mixed together. And I just don't want to be characterized as any of them. And I actually have readers that, you know, send me emails or they'll make a comment and they'll say, oh, you know, you write this from, you know, one of your perspectives. You know, I just let it pass because say, fine, you know, because how can I write it from a Catholic perspective? How can I write it from a Messianic Jewish perspective? And then somebody else will accuse me of writing it from the evangelical perspective. So I get it from all sides because every week I write something different because all those things are all mixed together.
0: You can't win sometimes, and it's interesting because you have a multifaceted view of this, so it does give you some insights, and some things may be stronger in one direction than another. Don't get that impression. You're favoring one. You're just saying, but from this perspective, it's come. For our listeners out there, you can learn more by following her on Town Hall every Sunday, com, And then don't forget to pick up your copy of Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible. And then Bible study for those who don't read the Bible, part two. It's all her blog posts that she has compiled together from the last going on four years of doing this. And she shared her story and get this, you are going to love it. So if you want to resolve your resolution this year, this may be the tool that you need. So go ahead and pick up your copy, not tomorrow, but today. Available everywhere where books are sold. Now, the last moments we have left. I want to first of all, Myra, thank you for being with us today. I would love it if you can pray for us. So I'm going to go ahead, mute myself. You go ahead and pray for us today.
1: Really, thank you for the ministry of Parker. She is just amazing. <laughs> just and the brief time that I've got to spend with her, dear Lord, we know that you have blessed her and you are blessing her ministry. And listeners are blessed when they listen to her she has a heart for you. So we just ask you to continue blessing her ministry. And I ask the Lord that you bring peace to the world that we were in right now. There was such trauma and horrible things happening all over the world. And it just seems like, where is God? People ask, where is God? We know your hand is here, but we are going through a traumatic time in, in the history of the world. There's so much suffering going on. So we just ask that you bring peace to this world and we just ask our lord that, that you just bless us and bless our families and bless everyone that's listening to this bible study and then i hope that they will read my bible study that i write on sunday at townhall.com and they will be blessed by it uh, because i try very hard to bless people when i write it and i don't write it for me i write it for others and i write it lord because you allow me to write it so i'm honored and privileged to write that bible study and i try to glorify you and Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you've given us. And we just ask that uh, you continue to, to bless this podcast and that um, you continue that uh, your servant, Parker, will uh, do your will. Continue to do your will and spread your love throughout the world. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for that wonderful prayer and let the Lord be blessed according to the words that were spoken. And I want to thank you again for being with me today. Really enjoyed having you and cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon.
1: Thank you so much. I've loved my time with you. I just think you're just the greatest.
0: And we were talking today to Myra Khan Adams. She is the author of the book, Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible and Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible Part 2. This is a study for you to learn more about the Lord, learn more about your faith, learn about the Bible. You don't have to be intimidated by these pages. God is not an intimidating God. Well, he can be. If you don't know him, he can be. And he gives you the opportunity to learn more and more about him if you read his word. But you don't want to read his word. You want to read his word. You don't know how to do it. All that stuff going around in your head, all the chaos. Go ahead. Pick up her book today. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Parker J. Cole Show. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. And God bless.